I think one of the most fascinating things that has kind of come up in the past couple of years is the rise of these independent artists. You look at people like Little Nas X, who releases a top billboard song literally from his house by buying some beats online and recording into a microphone. Not a lot of work went into it, and he was able to make a ton of money and impact a ton of people with little to no entry fee, per se. He didn't have to pay a ton to get that going and get that ready, but he sat at home and he made a really good song and people really liked it. But over the course of history, that's not always been the case. You haven't always been able to just make a song on your computer and go viral on the internet and then have a successful musical career. That's just not how it's always worked. And our guest on today's podcast is someone who's actually been in that scene his entire life. Starting in high school, he's been in business, he started businesses, and his whole life revolves around music and producing music. Gustavo Guerra is one of the most interesting guests that we've had on our podcast. He's an entrepreneur, and he's a philanthropist, and he is just an incredible character. So if you're interested in the music industry, what it takes to get your name out there, create amazing music, uh, this is a fantastic episode for you. So listen to this fantastic discussion between our founder, Jake, and Gustavo. So thank you guys for listening. If you find something interesting, because there are a lot of little tidbits in this that you're going to find really interesting and funny and weird, be sure to share on Instagram. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So thank you guys for listening. Enjoy the conversation. Hello, everyone. Today, I am joined by Gustavo Guerra, uh, entrepreneur and philanthropist, as well as plenty more, which we will dive into uh, on today's episode. Gustavo, it is incredible to have you on today. I'm honored to be communicating with you, and I, I'm really looking forward to exploring the ins and outs of the music industry, um, as well as a lot of the other uh, places that you have connections with and, and experiences you have. And we really set up before the podcast the intro to a little bit of your background. And something I found so interesting was that as a senior in high school, you saw college seniors starting to get internships. And you said, why don't I go ahead and start start getting an internship now, get ahead of the curve, and in a way, you know, get ahead of your fellow classmates. Uh, and that ended up getting you on the right track, meeting the right people, moving in the right direction. But for a lot of young individuals today, there there's a lot of different opportunities out there. There's so much information out there and they have advice from all these different arenas. It's hard to tell when you're actually on the right track or if you're just, you know, fulfilling your own self-fulfilling prophecy for the positive or negative and you don't really know where you're going, but you think it, you know, you think you're on the right track, but you're not sure. Maybe you're just convincing yourself. So something I'd be curious to hear from you is what was that moment when you realized you were, you were on the right track or you were headed in the right direction? And I know for me, there's been some pivotal moments in my life when I knew that was the case. But is there any moment in particular that stands out to you where, you know, maybe you're in a conversation and you're just like, whoa, this is, I, I think I'm doing, uh, I think I'm doing what's right for me. 
Man, that's a oh man. I know we we go we, think, we go tough questions. If it's, one, <laughs> if it's like one kind of moment where I thought like wow this this is like kind of like really really happening, um, it's when I sold like my first hundred mixtapes. Yeah, you know, in the streets by mm-hmm. yourself, you know, no help, and that kind of like gave me the confidence, and it was like all right. You know, a lot of people thought this was going to work, but obviously now, you know, it's working and I'm building my name up. And um, the second time uh, is when, um, like, I charted with this whole digital stuff. You know, recently, again, you know, with the um, Day One Initiative, Mike Dean, Kanye West, William Dean's T-shirt initiative, which I finished doing, um, that really kind of, you know, we made $100,000 in four days, which was kind of crazy. Yeah. You know, uh, all proceeds going to coronavirus, uh, Muslim and Ramadan. Uh, so that that was a recent kind of like, oh, shit. Okay. People are really, you know, you know, this digital stuff is not just here. It's, it's global, you know. So, those, I mean, those two kind of a recent, a recent one in that one of the past. Yeah, of course. And and I think it's so interesting that you cite, you know, example way back when, as well as uh, a very recent one as well, and how much the industry as a whole has evolved from that. Uh, So something I'd be curious to hear from you, you know, the majority of our generation, my generation, uh, but, you know, Generation Z, whether they're between the age of 16 or 24, like, for the majority of their life, they haven't really seen the origins of uh, uh of the music industry and and we've never really lived in an era where it wasn't just available online anytime that we want to either download or stream so i'd love to hear from you that evolutionary process and how you've always been able to stay ahead of that um, i was blessed that my parents really really kind of understood buying a computer getting a modem and yeah. getting a printer you know uh, I really like really really blessed for that. And when I was younger, uh, the school I went to, I had a computer lab, so I had like Macintosh every. I had Mac computer lab every week or like twice a week or something like that. So I was kind of already in tune with using a computer when I was younger. So by the time I got to like junior high school, high schoolish, my parents got a computer for us, uh, me and my sisters. Uh, there was something called AOL chat rooms mm-hmm. and um, they had these rooms called MP3 rooms and you can just get all these, get all the music online for free, whatever songs, anything you wanted to do. And it was cool because they, it was like, um, it was the kind of, for me, the first form of kind of catering playlisting where they, whatever songs, whatever song people are downloading the most, they would like make these colorful, um, kind of like taxi-ish, um, very, very early, 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 like, text art on these forum chat rooms, you know? Yeah. Which would be like a fish or a star. So, you know, that's how I found Outcast, Rosa Parks. Um, you know, so I I found, um, uh, what's what's their name? Um, Radiohead, um, Comic Police. Like, I found all these songs, you know, 
on these chat rooms. So that that's kind of like how I kind of started from like learning from that, you know, and then it kind of didn't really change as much, you know, it just maybe a quick, you know, like the, it went into my space to know that, you know, and it changed mm-hmm. differently. But from that, I think it just, I, it was good that I started from that, you know, yeah, already, yeah. I was already in the digital mindset. It wasn't like I was still stuck back then, you know? Yeah, yeah, of course. And obviously you've continued to stay ahead of that curve. And, and something I find so interesting in the music industry is the power of networking. It's, it's so much about those conversations, um, who you know, who you end up meeting, and then obviously the value you provide in that relationship. And, uh, you know, How to Win Friends and Influence People, Dale Carnegie, that's a book that I recommend for pretty much all of our listeners. And I know everyone in my kind of internal community and it's something that's worked for us at Trendsetters and me personally, where just creating conversations with people, you never know where it's going to lead. One of my most famous examples I always use for myself is one time I was literally going into uh, surgery uh, for something. And it was pretty minor. Uh, but it turns out when I was under anesthetic, I literally uh, created – I had a conversation with the anesthesiologist, uh, which I don't even remember this conversation – but I, I found out on my way home, I had a business card in my pocket and that turned out to be, to become a client. Uh, so, so your ability to create conversations out of nothing. So I'd be curious to hear from you kind of that power of networking, the power of creating conversations and not always as transactional binary things, but just the, the osmosis, the melding of people. How have you in, in your experience, in your past, always put yourself in those situations to, meet the right people or to be surrounded by um, people that you can collaborate with and advance together? Um, man, I like always like to use current stuff because everyone likes to use the, the past. I like to use, you know, current and past. But currently, uh, a good friend of mine came into town for the holidays. Um, it's from the West Coast. Family basically not really around. So when I yeah. found out he was out here, kind of like made it my business. He's a really, really good friend of mine. Uh, kind of made my business to come, like, check him out, take him out for a couple of drinks, you know. Yeah, yeah. So he drove back, and he lived in the area where I live at, so it made it cool that we linked up. Um, so I gave him a link to a song that I put out, uh, Squad Up with uh, Street Life, Method Man, and Havoc. And, um, you know, uh, he was like, yo, you know, uh, one of my friends, you know, uh, he works for the Yankees and stuff. I was like, he's a big Wu-Tang fan. I was like, oh, for real? I was like, so you should send him my song. I would love to, you know, do something with the Yankees. Maybe the opening day, you know, even that might be the song. He's like, all right, cool. So uh, he passes him the link. And then like two days later, he calls him and he says, yo, uh, does your friend own this song? Because, you know, we really like really like the song. Maybe we can uh, put something together and uh, it'd be, you know, the Yankees theme song for 2020. Yeah. You know? So get on the phone with him and he's like, Hey man, what's going on with you? I was like, Oh, everything's good. Um, you know, uh, he was like, yo, do you own this song? I'm like, yeah, this, you know, putting out through my label. I have an album with street life. And, uh, and then he was like, yo, we want to, you know, shoot, shoot a video for this, like in a Yankee in-house video. And you guys can be the theme song. We're going to, you know, you know, take care of you guys and, you know, we'll be excited to make it happen. Then, you know, that's, you know, started and it was announced earlier this year, you know, yeah, which is cool, yeah. you know, but it's like, it, I wasn't even, I was just being a good, good friend, you mm-hmm. know, I wasn't 
you know, I wasn't, didn't know he was affiliated or had knew someone that worked at the Yankees organization or passed my song over, you know? They, yeah. They could have picked yeah. any other song, you know, but, but for them to, you know, be like, oh, we like this song, you know, I think it would be a good, a good, um, marriage to put these two brands together. And, uh, yeah, it turned out great. So. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And I think that that goes to show that uh, creating conversations just with no expectation of transaction, not everything has to be quid, quid pro quo. We don't have to go into conversations and talk with people just if we think they're going to have some money on them that's going to pay us or it's going to lead to X, Y, Z. It's just that natural friendship and an ability to, to, to ultimately uh, build relationships. And, and kind of with that in mind, um, certainly the COVID-19 question makes this, you know, somewhat of a concern and it'll be interesting to see the future of, uh, you know, events as a whole. But I, I'd be curious to hear from you. Obviously you, you work with Rolling Loud, um, of which I know there might be, you know, some concerns of, of what that looks like in the future in a coronavirus world. But to you, what is the future of music festivals look like? And I know, you know, maybe augmented reality and virtual reality play, play a realm into that. Um, maybe, you know, certain things of that nature. I know there was just that Travis Scott Fortnite collaboration in game experience. So there's a lot of different moving parts in here, but I'd be curious to hear from you your vision of what music festivals will look like. I think, uh, you know, I already can't really say because we don't know when, you know, these states were you know, give mm-hmm. people the the green light to do that again. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, so, you know, we don't know. Maybe by August, September, they might green light everything and everything kind of gets back to normal. We don't know yet because everyone's kind of think they're doing the step-by-step. But um, like like Travis basically set the bar on, you know, it don't you don't have to just do these type of events, you know, well, everyone there. You can do it from the, you know, the remote luxury of your house you know if you have a built-in fan base on two levels it's going to work out beautifully so um but to answer your question like i I recently you know last night did the uh, producer plug a live stream be better with mike dean yeah yeah. we had we had almost um 30 countries on there Uh, we have participants from um croatia brazil india China, um, Berlin, uh, you know, it, it was, it was a good thing to see, like, you know, we're not just, I think people should really assess that sometimes the experience might change a little bit, especially because we're you know, trying to make sure everyone's taken care of and safe. You might make more money, um, because it's worldwide versus it being condensed in one location. Yeah. Um, yeah. You and what, what I have seen as well is the people from yesterday, they all were doing their snapshots. They're all doing their social media. So I think you'll get way more engagement, um, doing it remotely from your house because now people are talking about it, posting about it. So if your advertisers or whoever, you know, you're doing business with seeing that it is getting to way more people than before, then that, that's going to work out as well. You know? Yeah, yeah. Of course. And and now obviously we are on the trendsetters podcast and our audience is always looking to the future and they're always tapped in with the, the newest and the brightest. 
And so that means, you know, they're, they're listening to a lot of modern music artists. Um, but there's something to say about the OGs of the industry and those that have really set that foundation for what we see in today's modern era. And a lot of those we've heard of, but for a lot of our generation, uh, those that, that haven't been tapped into that, there's, there's a lot of names that we aren't really familiar with. So, uh, and I, and I hate for you to, to have to narrow this because you, you might need to go on for like three hours to cover all the names, but, uh, who are some older music artists that today's generation might not have, have had a, had the, you know, had the chance to listen to that you'd advise we, uh, rewind the clock and, and go give them a listen? Oh man, uh, definitely, definitely Rock Kim, Eric B and Rock Kim, you know, um, Big Daddy Kane, Juice Crew. Yeah. You know, that's like, that's, I grew up listening to Juice Crew. Um, Man, um, the message Melly Mel. Yeah. I think that's one of like, one of the best songs, best hip hop songs to me of all time. Yeah. That's yeah. my first hip hop song ever listening to. Uh, I was, uh, I was young. All I remember was I was in my friend's, um, friend birthdays, my friend's birthday party at a bowling alley and, um, played that song and I just started dancing. Yeah, and dad yeah. was like, yo, you know how to dance to this? And I was like, yo, this, this is a great beat. I like this song. I like what he's talking about. My dad was like, you know what he's saying? I'm like, yeah, it's the message. Yeah, so yeah. So he just looked at me. So um, uh, obviously Wu-Tang Clan, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, for, for, yeah, those, those would be, those would be, um, those would be the ones that I, I, you know, definitely check those out. That's, 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 that's good money right there. Awesome. Well, if you're listening right now, guys, feel free to give yourself a refresh from uh, following the mainstream and, and go take a blast from the past and and listen to the to the origins of of everything that we hear today. And obviously, a lot of what we hear today, I I found this so fascinating. And over the past even 90 days, it dates back a little bit further. But the platform TikTok, uh, which which I'm sure you're familiar with or or at least have have heard quite a, extensively about, but the impact TikTok has had on some of the most viral hit songs of today. Artists are creating sounds for a specific channel that then end up going viral and 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 getting traction on a Spotify platform or on a, an Apple Music. And I most recently, I think Curtis Roach, who was on TikTok. Then he makes this one beat and then Tyga and his group buy the song and turn that into a song called Board in the House, of which it now has like millions of streams everywhere. So I'd be curious to hear from you as we see that kind of shift and that origin, how are you approaching or at least thinking about platforms like TikTok and how music virality is somewhat kind of changing? Yeah, um, I think uh, Gloria Gaynor, she just cheated the I Will Survive Challenge. Yeah. Where where she, you know, did that song and she was uh, cleaning her hands, which was kind of cool because, uh, yeah. you know, gave her a resurgence, which was really dope. Mm-hmm. You know, I think TikTok, you know, is a, is a cool platform. Uh, even they have like the little skits and all that. It's just, it's just, a, it's just you know, if you're a creative person and, you know, if you're, a person that's just active and just want to have a good time. TikTok is, you know, is um is a good platform, man. Just just you know, just make sure. All, all, all I just always tell everyone is just to make sure your business is taken care of. You mm-hmm. know, um, 
and don't sell yourself short. You know, have a pack that you give. Like, this is my TikTok pack. I'm not really fond of a lot of things because it's like, you know, you know, you'll never hear like, oh, Dr. Dre did a TikTok. No. How to TikTok. You get what I'm saying? Or Pharrell had, you know, so. Yeah. Once like, you get to a certain level, it's like, there's no, you but know. But I'm just trying to say even, even it, like level or no level, it's just, you know, you never hear you know, and I think on a creative standpoint, it's like, you know, I understand, like, you know, artists just be careful. Just yeah, say yeah. That. Just be careful. Don't get uh, excited because uh, a, a celebrity reaches out to you. Just take care of yourself. Make sure you get your fair share of your business. That's all I'm going to say about that. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, certainly. And obviously that, that creative... It's certainly you have to be creative with it, which I which I love that it's able to push some of the comfort zones and, and change up how things are done. And there's there's a certain level of creative genius that seems to be inherent to um, you know all of the best music artists. And a phrase that I often use with our team here at Trendsetters is that like if you actually want to be an anomaly, you want to be one of a kind, you want to be that the the 1%, the best of the best, then you have to act like it. And you, you got to do things that are odd, that are out of the box that you wouldn't think of. And 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 this is going to be hard to obviously think of on, on the fly, but I I'd be wildly curious to hear from you if if you can think of any of the insane quirks or approaches that that you might follow or some of the incredible creative geniuses you've you've obviously worked with. I know Kanye in specific is always known for doing outlandish, unique ways of driving that creativity. Uh, and obviously this dates back, you know, well in the past. But um, yeah, are there any, you know, weird little creative quirks and nuances or things that you or, or those around you uh, might do to, to really drive home that, that creative genius? Oh, man. Sometimes it's just, it just, it just happens, bro. Yeah. It just, it just, I don't know. It just, it just comes to you. You, I don't know. I really can't really explain it. Mm -hmm. It just, it just like, it just, it's like a switch or something. I don't know. It just, you're kind of like, oh shit. Okay. This, uh, I should have been, why didn't they come like this? You know? And then <laughs> that thought leads to a lot, a lot of other thoughts. You know, of course. And um, uh, best thing uh, I can say about uh, Mike Dean uh, yeah. is that uh, there's no rules. Collaborate because uh, even the best producers need some form of collaboration to elevate their music. And, yeah, uh, I think that's what that's why Kanye has that guy around, and that's why you know it's cool to be around us type of individuals you know um we're all creative in our own you know um, mixed mind state which yeah. is cool uh it's cool when your peers listen to you you know i think mm -hmm. that's that's totally different as well and uh, especially those guys and the rizza and meth and street life and launch professor you know guys guys that really made foundations you know that are, with molly mar you know and um Without these, without these people who I mentioned, uh, culture would be bordering and be. I don't even like to say culture. I think that the, the legacy of hip hop wouldn't hit mainstream the way it did. You know, yeah. like right now with the with the truck jewelry, with the with the Koji, with you know, even with the Dapper Dan now, he got his own line at at, at Gucci and all that. Like that's all 
stuff that is getting reintroduced. You know, that's why I mentioned those artists because those artists were the the creme de la creme of artists. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they embodied that life. Like Kooji Rap embodied that life. Mm-hmm. You know, but but these artists, you know, they, they really lived that life. You know, so when you hear the music, it really resonates. All the eight oh eight and all that. It's the same thing, but it, they just had it's a different different twist to it. You know. Yeah, yeah, certainly. It's it's like. It's almost that, that creative genius and inspiration. It's just a combination of that consistency. Um, and sometimes just hearing no a lot of times really fucking fucks you up. On my yeah. Back of Christmas, but yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Hearing, that, hearing, that's commonplace no here. Don't worry. Hearing, hearing no a lot, like, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. It's the best thing ever. I remember, can I tell you my, one of my best no yeah. stories ever? Uh, my best, one of my best no stories ever, right? Um, my friend introduced me to some to to like one of his homies and stuff, and he was like, he's the be- one of the best graphic designers, right? So I said, yo, I have this photo of Prodigy sitting on an ice sculpture. I want you to superimpose me into that in that photo. Take Prodigy, I put me in, and he like swirled to me up and down. It's impossible. You can't do that, right? So this is very early. This is super early Pro Tools. Like this is like. This is, no, um, Photoshop. This is yeah. very early or maybe before even Photoshop was even existed, right? So I know a friend of mine who's like a computer genius. Like when he was like 12 years old, he was breaking up a computer, building it back up, like super smart kid. Yeah. So I went to him and I was like, yo, listen, I need you to superimpose me into this photo. He's like, oh, I'll give it to you by tomorrow, right? So I was like, great. So that was my mixtape cover. That was my second mixtape I put out. So, uh, ever, and remember, I was telling you, these mixtape things is pretty big. And uh, so I put the tape out three days later, and the person who told me, oh, can't ever do it, was like, how did you do that? And I'm like, well, you know, you told me I can't do it. I wasn't just going to stop and wait for you to do it. I do to someone else. So that was my best no moment ever. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because it was like, you know, you're saying one thing to me, but I know you can do it. I know it can be done. You know, I know it can be done. So, yeah, certainly. And I love that philosophy and approach because, uh, you know, no does not necessarily mean the end. It's just you have to now devise a new kind of all alternative solution almost. Uh, and that's when we can truly flex our creative genius and our creative muscles. And that's going to influence some of the greatest innovations that is ultimately going to happen. Now, I'd love to end this with a final question that I, I do for some guests, but I, I guess this is not necessarily a common one, but for those that are listening right now, um, that might be a new up and coming artist, or they might be just a 22 year old that wants to one day be a CMO, or they, they want to do marketing in the, the music industry. What's the one piece of actionable advice that you you be humble be humble be humble if they say go pick up the trash pick the fucking trash up yeah if they say do your do bring my laundry and and bring my stuff to the truck do it Mm -hmm. you'll make more you'll make more money listening to those guys being in those conversations being in those meetings than not doing nothing at what degree you have all these guys including myself 
We don't have no fucking degrees. We 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 cleaned up the studio. Uh, we when they said, "Yo, can you stay in and make sure the radio edits get done? Get the radio edits done." Yeah. You know, learn from these people. You know, when Andre Harrell died, I freaking cried because I never met him, but I know what he had did for me to be where I'm at. Yeah. You know, so you you gotta uh, um you gotta. Look, Really, really, like when you meet someone, even like when you're coming up, don't feel, don't feel like, oh man, I, I, I feel like it's beneath me. Nothing's beneath you. You're trying to be an artist. You're trying to get somewhere. Show them your material. Don't be afraid. You know, don't be a shitter, coulda, woulda. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh shit. I seen, I seen Kanye, but I didn't give. He will stop for you. Oh, I seen Jay Z with security. Yo, how yo, stop rapping. Like, yo, just, you know, if you're talented and the frequency is right, they're going to home in. You know, yeah, remember, yeah. it's all about energy. You know, remember when Basquiat met Warhol for the first time, he gave him, he gave him that, that, that little flyer that he made. But that was his first little, his seed. Like, ah, that's me. Oh, remember you gave me the card. Oh, you remember that? But that was the first attempt. Do it. Don't be scared. It, oh, it takes courage for you to even do it, to even make the first step. You know, yeah, don't yeah. like put put your music out on all the platforms. You know, um, I'd rather I'd rather have twenty percent or thirty percent or forty percent. You know, of a of, of I'd rather have ten percent of a hundred million than one percent of nothing. You get yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I'd rather have something like like you know, if someone comes to you with a great idea. And, but you're not getting a lot, negotiate it the best that you could and make sure you always get that residual royalty, you know? But don't don't sell yourself short because you're trying to, you know, um, oh, my friend got a better deal. That's your friend. That's not you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're building yourself up. People want people, stop feeling like you need to get your stuff now. That It destroys the whole um, ability of building up. Like 20 years of still doing this, I'm still not up. You get what I'm saying? Mentally, I feel like I'm still lined up. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, financially and all that, yeah, I'm good. But like, mentally, I'm still not up. I still haven't reached. I feel like I haven't reached where I'm supposed to be at. You know? Yeah. And I think the one thing a lot of the like people that are like billionaires and trillionaires, like they have that mindset. They feel like they haven't accomplished it yet. Mm-hmm. They haven't accomplished the best album. I did Wu Tang Clan album. People would die to do do that. I'm not. I'm not even. That's okay. That's cool. But what's the next? What's the best thing? What's who's the next artist I'm gonna work with? You know, yeah. Like, look at Mike Dean. Been doing it for thirty, thirty plus years. Number seventeen in the charts. You know, last month. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm in the dance electronic. This is all current. You know, this is all current right now. This is not thirty years, twenty years. Not no reminiscing. This is like there is a fan base. People still rock with us. You know, and and, and it's in the digital era that more people are rocking more than ever. You know, own your stuff, own all your stuff. If people want a percentage of it, make them give you a good percentage of it. If there's money on the table that makes sense for you, it's good. Not all money is good money too as well. You know, yeah. don't, don't, um, just because you're financially not good, sell something that you're going to regret down the line. Mm-hmm. Don't do that either. You know, just being, you know, you remember, you're, it's, it's like Nipsey Hussle said, it's a marathon. Yeah, you, know, you got yeah. you got to keep thinking like that, you know. Forty years from now, like I just interviewed Bob James, right? That guy's been doing this since the seventies. Quincy Jones discovered him, right? Mm-hmm. Like, 
he's living off of all the rappers sampling him all these years since the 70s come on bro that's crazy 50 yeah. years of of residual income from all these major every major artist wrapped on his on his beats on yeah. his production you know so yeah just, just remember that guys it's not just you you're making a legacy for your family you're not just making a legacy for yourself you know yeah i think it's remembering that it is a marathon and practicing humil humility, particularly in the short term. You know, we have, you know, 18 year olds, 22 year olds, 26 year olds that refuse to stoop below their baseline level. I'm not going to go do that. I'm not going to take a job. I'm going to take the job that pays me, you know, 50, 50K. But who a year. are you? But who are you? What have you done? Exactly. Yeah. What have you done? What have, no, for real. What have you done, though? Mm -hmm. What have you done? What have you done to get that merit? Mm -hmm. You get me? Just because you're intelligent, what where's what have you done? Did you make did you make this pot? Did you make this pot? Did you make a million dollars off of selling this stupid ass pot right here? Yeah, yeah. What did you do though? Did you make a video that got you because if you make amazing art, people are gonna find you. Mm -hmm. and, and that goes back to what you're saying with the whole tiger situation. With uh, I think a, a little little got it. It's the same thing. Find a find a producer off Reddit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So these scenarios happen. But what do you do when they reach out to you? Your business got to be right, or they're just gonna take advantage of you like you do everyone else. You know, yeah, that's just yeah. business in general. That's not in the hip hop business. That's not in the film business. That's just business. People yeah, start yeah. thinking about that. It's business. It's not. Oh, the hip hop industry? No, because if you get messed up in the financial industry, it's still your business wasn't right. If your business yeah. is right, your business is right. You know? Yeah, facts. It, it, it's not really relevant. You know, the industry. That I mean, that's every industry. You're gonna get screwed over. People are gonna try to take advantage of you, and that's like you said, that that's business. But yeah, I think that's incredible insight and advice regarding that humility, and I think it's so vital that we know. Hey, it's a marathon. Let's not take sh shortcuts in the short term so we can look cool when we're playing a game that's going to be 100 plus years or more, particularly with today's 20 year olds. They're going to live to be 100 or 120 or 150. And so, you don't know, and you don't never know who these people you turn down or act up in front of. You know who they're going to be in 10, 20 years. They might yeah. be the exec or they, you know, you never know. So you mm -hmm. got to be humble. You just can't feel like you're the shit all the time. Yeah. Because you don't know who that person is. Yeah, know? well said. Of course. So, well, that's yeah, incredible man. advice. And I think, honestly, this is personally one of my favorite podcast episodes. Uh, and, you know, we've gotten the, the chance to explore all the ins and outs of the music. We took a little look into the past as well. And then we touched on a little bit of the future uh, with TikTok in specific and, and the creative genius piece as well. Um, but then finally, that 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 echoing message that kind of ties everything together of practicing that humility. As always, it was a pleasure to have you on. And for our listeners right now, go ahead and screenshot this podcast, share it to your Instagram story, tag myself in it, and let's do like 150 bucks Venmo uh, for the per first person that does that. It's got to be this timestamp though. You don't do the first five minutes. I'm gonna catch you guys. I'm going to check the listens. But anyway, as always, Gustavo, it was a pleasure to have you on. I appreciate you, you all man. for listening. Thank you for, and I'll see you Thank all. You for everything. Whatever, um, at DistroLord, D-I-S-T-R-O-L-O-R-D. That's, that's uniformed on all my social media. 
Um, so you can just hit me up over there whenever. Perfect. Available. Awesome, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next week.